0: All right, all right. Welcome to the very first and what may very well be the last episode of KZPT Audio for 2021. Um, It's been a long time coming um, for me to do this. It's been an absolute turbulent time in Melbourne, and I'm so excited to talk to everyone today. um, I really want to speak to the ladies, and I want to talk to the people that have been suffering throughout this time, but also want to move forward right now and actually change and go get back into the gyms and take control of their lives and stay strong. So this is who I'm talking to today. I want to go through a few scenarios with some amazing coaches today. We're going to have Miranda Grace Lang, who we have already had on the podcast once before, and she absolutely nailed it and spoke a lot about mental health and you know, what it takes to change the body. And we also have a new up-and-coming personal trainer from uh, Bromettos, Melbourne, which I'm super excited to have on, Ayla. Um, she is an awesome female personal trainer that is doing so well at the moment um, as far as giving out real personable and useful advice um, through socials. And even the stuff she is bringing out is changing the way that I think about fitness. And especially since, I knew her before she even took this leap into getting into personal training to now making myself change and then change the way I think. I'm so excited to talk to her, talk to them. So stay on um, and let's see what they have to say and help everyone out there who's looking to transition back out of this into hopefully what is for good in Melbourne, out of lockdown and back into gyms. Stay tuned. Good morning, Miranda.
1: Hello, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm
0: doing fantastic. Getting out on your walk, which is exactly what KZPT Audio is all about. I love it.
1: Yes, got to get those steps in, get moving.
0: Perfect, I love that. So uh, Ayla should be coming in any minute now. Um, I just wanted to also speak to you before. So obviously we've had you on the podcast before, which I think you absolutely nailed. We really... uh, spoke a lot more down to the mental health side of things when it comes to fitness um, and especially competing and things like that. So thank you so much for coming on again. And I'm really excited to go through a lot of the things that we are gonna talk about today and a lot of the scenarios. There she is.
1: Thanks for having me
2: again. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how <laughs> are you? We're both walking. We're both oh, walking. Oh, awesome. <laughs> i feel like i get more energy when i'm like walking so i'm like yeah i'm gonna do that for today oh good mind i had the same thing (laughs) love that
0: it is so much easier to talk when your body's doing something else and be able to let ideas flow freely Um, and that's a lot of how i did a lot of my first PT audios Um, So yes, thank you so much both for coming on board. Um, So as I was saying, Miranda, we've obviously had you on before, um, spoke a lot about competing, the mental health side of things, and I really want to get that uh, perspective from today. Um, But we do have someone new here. We have Coach Ayla, um, who I'm super excited to introduce to the KZPT team and everyone who listens on board at the moment. Um, I've known Ayla for quite a while now. We've known her for about a few years, four years, five years. Um, and you yeah. used, used to actually chat before she made the leap into personal training. And as I was saying in the intro, um, a lot of the things that you're bringing out now on social media and how you talk to your clients um, even changes the way that I think about you know, fitness and how to actually bring it across to clients. So it's so awesome to have you on board and to um, hopefully help a lot of the ladies out there who are looking to just make sure they feel their strongest self. Thank you so much for coming on board.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you.
0: <laughs> awesome. So look, I really want to keep this one uh, a little bit shorter, sweeter than my usual ones. So we're going to get yeah. straight into it. And essentially, today marks something special for all three of us who work in Melbourne. Um, obviously, next week is a very exciting time. We got some gyms opening up. We got uh, work going back to normal. And. I think there's there's both sides of that where there's a, a lot of excitement and a lot of just happiness to get back out into the world, but there is of course a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, a lot of emotions in general going into how we feel about ourselves socially, how we feel about our bodies, and what actual damage have we done throughout these lockdowns, and what is the best plan of attack? Do we go one hundred percent day one back in the gyms? Do we? take a break and ease back into it. Should these people have a coach? We're gonna go through scenarios that essentially, I, I have spoken to a lot of people that are going through this personally. It's not just one individual, there's many people. And I'm sure um, for you girls reading through some of these scenarios already that you've heard a lot of these terms before, you've heard a lot of these things. So I'm really excited to get your perspective on it and not just help the ladies, but help myself in how to, how to approach these some of these situations. Yes, yes. Awesome. definitely. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to go straight into scenario one. Um, we have Bree, who's a 25-year-old female. Uh, she's put on around five to eight kilos during the lockdowns. She bought a gym membership, but barely uses it, did some group classes a few years ago. She was never really an avid gym goer. She's not super confident when it comes to weightlifting or things like that. Um, and she's working full time from home um, since the lockdowns have begun. So that's where she put on her five to eight kilos. Um, She loves socializing, going out, but really wants to feel good for summer. She does not feel confident and comfortable in the body that she's in at the moment. Um, She really wants to get that back and she wants to just overall feel better so that when she goes out, sees her friends, it's, it's a confident place, she feels happy. Um, she says a lot of things like I really want to lose the weight but nothing is working I do really good for a few days and then I crash and I don't feel comfortable lifting weights I, they don't, I don't see the purpose of them so taking all of that into account is there anything that jumped out to you or jumps out to you now that you would want to address straight away
1: yes 100% I reckon Look, our bodies react to the way we feel. So if we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to look a certain way or feel a certain way, um, we're creating a whole heap of stress. So you've got the cortisol happening. So it would be obviously like managing her stress levels and getting her to feel a little bit more of herself before like going right in there. So it's like managing stress levels and then obviously like getting her activity back up, because I feel like working from home, you don't realise how much activity is taken away. Like, I don't know about you guys, but sitting at home on a laptop, like I look at my watch, I'm like, oh, yeah, Should probably go do some steps. I've done like 500 to the fridge. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's my first initial thoughts. Absolutely. Uh
0: yeah, I completely agree with, with all of that. Um, a lot of it starts, and this is something that I really want to get into, that a lot of it starts with the mind and a lot of it starts with how you feel about yourself, not just, not just your physical body, but, you know, the kind of emotions that are going in and tackling that early and tackling that alongside the physical transformation can be, I, I think, is the only way to do this successfully and be able to keep it up long term. Um, Ayla, how do you feel about it?
2: Yeah, 100%. Like I agree with um, the points that Miranda made um, when it comes to, you know, the the changes that have been made in your lifestyle, like being sedentary at home um, will have a huge impact on, you know, the energy balance, I guess, that you had before prior to lockdowns. You might have been a bit more active and then now coming into lockdown and staying at home, you know, there's a a massive shift there and it's quite... uh, you know, easy to put on the weight quite quickly if she put, you know, five to eight kilos on. Um, However, I think the first thing I would address with her is actually helping her understand this. So it's like coming from a a place of, you know, understanding and being a bit compassionate of like, Hey, look, we were actually in a, you know, a lockdown, a, a pandemic. It is obviously stressful. And, you know, I guess you surviving that in itself is, reassuring and uh helping her understand that you know that you can put weight on quite easily if your uh, energy um your energy requirements are like you change you're not actually as active anymore and so helping her understand that first so then okay then we can from there what can we do to increase your uh, activity levels, what can we do from there? And I think that might be important to help her understand. Um, and also her, like, helping her reassure, like, what's the next plan of attack that we can take when the gyms do start to open up again? Um, like, if, she, if she's got one hour and a break of the day, it's like, look, maybe we can do some steps during that time even if it is for 10 to 15 minutes, just making it like really manageable, you know, even if she had put on quite substantial weight, it's like, does she necessarily have to lose the five to eight kilos straight away, even though she put it on, you know, perhaps quickly, if that makes sense. <laughs> that that makes
0: perfect sense. I, I love that. And, yeah. and, and that's yeah. sort of where I was getting with that, you know, because five to eight kilos, you know, that's, that is that is an amount that you you would feel the differences with putting on that weight like that's enough I've, I've put on that amount of weight before and you feel that you feel that in the joints and just like overall sluggishness and yeah it doesn't, it doesn't feel good mentally either so you know wanting to get rid of that I think is a very not get rid of it but you know wanting to manage that is is something that I think is very reasonable um, for someone like this and I think bringing up that plan of attack and being like, okay, so you, it took 18 months, you know, for this change to happen and for your body to change there. And now it's about being able to shift the priorities and being able to plan that little bit ahead. So, you know, I always try and break it down into one week to two week intervals. You know, if you try and think about it as a very long term and it's like, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be doing a, Four four week plans. So we're going to work together for sixteen weeks, four months of your life, and you we know we're going to get rid of all this weight and it feels good and that feels awesome. I think in the early stages um, of it because there's such a plan going ahead. But sometimes a lot of those details in the day can get lost. Um, you know, yeah. in this stage when we're when we're going back through that transition, just focusing on those daily habits, um, like you said, walking on the lunch break um, and doing that kind of thing. I think can break down a lot of those things. And once you take that one step forward and you, you open yourself up to doing something that didn't feel natural where, whether it was going for a walk or making that healthy breakfast you've been thinking about for a very long time, even if you only do it once, it's enough to start that habit and give that feel good feeling of, I didn't really want to do this, but I did it anyway because I love my body and I'm on a journey to love my body even more. So Yeah, Yeah, and that's where my mind goes with it. Um, So, Miranda, for someone who, let's say that, so they bought a gym membership, um, barely used it, and gyms are about to reopen, her membership's about to be um, reinstated. Do you see, when when she comes to you, when Brie comes to you and she asks, I, I'm, I really want, I want to change this. Um, I'm willing to train like five days a week right now. I'm going to get back in on starting on Monday. Um, just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. What sort of things would be coming to your mind?
1: Um, obviously like as well, like our bodies are like a petrol tank. So it's not overexerting her when we first go back to the gym either. So it's kind of taking those baby steps into coming back in the gym and getting her to feel quite good again. And I don't know about any of you, but I know if I haven't trained properly in a little while and I go to the gym, the next day I'm really quite sore. So that's why I always recommend kind of baby steps into things. So I'd guide her through when the gym's open and then little by little each week would introduce more days as she's starting to build up her energy stores Her hormones are starting to get a little bit better, cortisol is going down, eating a lot better. It's just like a gradual kind of process until um, she's feeling more like herself again. And then obviously, as you feel yourself again, you want to do more. So,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and letting those habits build up over time and starting with those, starting with those little ones. You know, I always, I always ask people that come in with those big ambitions, you know, where it's been it's been a long period of time where they have been unhappy with the amount of uh, exercise they're doing and how they've been feeling, and they you they want to come in and feel like from day one it's like I'm working really hard and things are moving extremely quickly and I'm on top of the world. And yes, I think a big part I think a big part of our jobs as coaches is about minimizing that crash that can come from that mentality, you know, and trying
1: to,
0: yeah, you know, and trying to bring it to a point where they are, they're able to still go in every day. And, you know, and it's almost like they see as going, they see as going to the gym once that week. So let's say from Monday to Friday, they went to the gym once. They see that as an achievement and not as something to, to be looked down upon because they only went once. I'm like, you went once. Like, that's amazing. You know, and there's so many different yeah. ways to look at it. And I think that mentality side of it, um, you know, can help with the longevity of getting to that because let's face it, five to eight kilos is going to take quite a while to bring down, especially if you're doing it in a way where um, number one, you're very new to weight. So, you know, you're not able to just straight away add on a lot of weights and just go really hard and do all of those things. Um, you know where you have something going on where you can stick to something for a couple of days but then it crashes and then you stick to it again it goes up and it crashes if you found that this is a this has been a problem so far you have to be able to think about that now and think about how you're going to combat that not just think it's going to be different this time um, yeah.
2: Mm. yeah
0: so Ayla as well when now that let's say for example, They've been working from home, and they're going to continue working from home. Yeah. When it comes to when it comes to gym training and trying to get in there.
2: Yeah. Let's let's
0: put it straight out. How often do you think someone like this should train with a train with a personal trainer? Uh,
2: I think it honestly depends on where they actually see themselves going, um, and being a bit realistic. Of that obviously with the guidance of a personal trainer like with ourselves we're like hey you know we're not gonna lose the eight kilos straight away but just being open and honest about okay what do you realistically feel like you can do and where do you see yourself okay so you can only train three days a week great let's start with a three day program or oh, you want to push the four great let's do a four day program mm-hmm. and then obviously as a coach you would adjust the program based on you know their needs and you know, the frequency there. So I think it just really, you can, I guess, recommend what you would um, think would be ideal. But then again, it's the client that, what they feel like they can actually commit to as well. And then if starting less is better for now, like let's just say three days a week. Okay, you work Monday to Friday. How about you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Do you feel like that's achievable? On the other days, potentially you could get more steps in so it can average it out so it doesn't seem like it's too much and helping them I guess understand how these things work and the principles and how they can still achieve those results without going a hundred percent every single day. But I think honestly it really comes down to what the person or the client sees themselves and is like, is this something that I really want? Um and like paving the way that's really realistic for them because i think a lot of people like you guys were saying before it's like um they want to do 100 percent like smash themselves straight away as soon as the gym uh opens up and it's like hold on did you put that eight kilos on in a week no it took time it compounded you know those decisions that you made every single day compounded into you i guess gaining weight is that a bad thing like it's not necessarily, you have to, you know, feel overly stressed about it. It's like, okay, well use that same mindset to tackle the next, you know, four, six weeks, 12 weeks and have that, yeah, have the same mindset and just being, you know, realistic with what they feel like they can do. And then obviously your guidance and input and then just building that foundation from there and then potentially moving up to four days or five days a week. That's how I would tackle it. <laughs>
0: That sounds awesome. And yeah, you know, starting from a, uh, as I sort of touched on before, you know, I think starting early as where any any step that is in the right direction and any step that you have taken that is going to better you and, you know, makes you feel like you are taking better care of your body. And that can be done in so many ways. It can be done through hitting two and a half liters worth of water every day. It can go, it can come from, actually hitting eight hours worth of sleep it can come from saying no to macca's drive through when you go through with your partner and you just saying you know what i actually don't want it um it can be literally anything and just being able to recognize those parts as wins and allow that to feed those happy hormones and those hormones that make you feel good when you achieve something and let that fester and let yourself come above that and be able to change i think that is I think that is the way to keep going and to be able to do this for two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, which is how long it takes to, I guess, get to that next level stage of, you know, physique and body, you know, if that's something that you aspire to, but realistically, um, and this is a question I'm I'm going to put out to both of you. So obviously I think where, including myself, um, I think everyone is, has a little bit of, we're very emotional in the sense that I I want to know, I want to be able to look the best I can for this summer. I do, me as a person, want it now also. I want to change my body. I want to lose five kilos by December and Christmas so that I look good when I start to go out and see everybody. You know, I want that. But realistically, let's say we have the next six to eight weeks, which will bring us to the end of the year. What is, let's, and, you can take this in any way that you want, but what is a realistic amount of weight to lose during that time? Oh, let's, Ooh, start, let's, if start with, let's start with Miranda, sorry.
1: <laughs> it, it obviously um, depends on the person, their frame, how they're built and everything. So everyone's gonna lose um, weight differently according to their genetics and everything. Of course. But for, um, the average person that's doing it right, um, eating right food, so you aren't obviously, like, eating nothing, they're still eating, they're training, um, in that six to eight week period, I think, like, five kilos for someone like myself is probably a nice sweet spot, because it's not enough to, like, you know, degrade our iron, um, stores, um, the way we feel we're not going to get chronic fatigue because we're feeding our bodies the right stuff um we're exercising so our endorphins are pumping through um correctly and yeah so i just feel like five kilos is probably a nice happy medium throughout that
0: i, I love that i would yeah. i would pretty much agree with that um, ayla what do you think
2: yeah i think five kilos is definitely achievable obviously depending on the person usually someone who uh, has a bit more higher body fat percentage could potentially lose a little bit more Um, and you know if you ask someone like I think it just really depends on you know screening the client because a lot of people say that they want to lose weight but then it's like the the underlying habits of their eating sleep and training is like not really Promoting that—are you in the right stage to start this deficit, or are you you in the right, you know, stage to actually start dieting? I think yes, dieting can obviously help us look better if that's our goal to be leaner. But it's like it's sometimes glamorized, like, oh, okay, summer, you know, diet, like let's shred down. And um, I think that in itself can put a lot of pressure onto people unconsciously, whether they're not even thinking about it it's like oh summer's around the corner like you know I need to lean down and that's just the culture that I guess whether it's social media's built or the fitness culture and then you know it's just like basically being realistic and is this really what you want right now like you just finished the lockdown do you feel like you want because dieting is stressful too yeah we need to be considerate yeah. of that it's like imagine you know a year and Uh, nearly two years worth of high stress levels and now we're going to do something a bit more stressful and some people go the other end and they haven't been eating actually a lot due to the stress and it's like but I want to lose weight I feel fluffy it's like hold on you you basically haven't been eating for two years like that's not probably not the best situation to do right now or the best you know um, protocol to go in a diet so me yeah me honestly like I have to be Open and honest with the client, and like screen them properly, and like help them understand if that's what they want. Or do you feel like that's what society wants you to do right now? Because it's summer. Yes. Hmm. A, yeah. That, like, so that's honestly the way I would go about it. That,
0: no, that is some great insight, and you both took that to both both sides of the table where it's pull and pull because. You know there is that genetic side where it's like your body your body can only lose so much you know and there's an upper yeah. limit to that and there's a lower limit to that you know there's someone that we could get two separate ladies that you know yeah. eat the exact same amount and train the same and do the same workouts and get the same amount of sleep and do the same steps and their results
1: look will completely different. Completely, 100%. you know, they will
0: look. They yeah. come, you know, one person will, you know, come out with nice abs and you know feeling great, and another person might lose two kilos and see virtually no difference. And that is that that is yeah. a very hard thing for that person. You know, it's it's sad. You know, and I've been in that situation. Um, I'm sure others have, but. At the same time, you know, there is that other pull on the road, which is effort. And are you willing to put in that effort? Are you willing to actually take away, um, you know, and sacrifice potentially, you know, some social situations and sacrifice certain foods that you love or anything like that? Um, Are you willing to make those sacrifices and put in the effort, turn up to the gym four days a week to create the things that you're talking about that you want and, it's a very hard conversation to have because most people until you've actually, and this is, this is something that's very hard to, uh, I guess, talk about because there's also a big part of it where you don't feel, you, you don't really know what it takes until you've done it. Yeah. Once you've lost the weight and you've, and you've done it, and you've gotten to a place where you genuinely feel comfortable within your own skin, then it gets very easy from there because then you can put on five kilos and tell yourself you're bulking and feel amazing about yourself. You can lose 10 kilos and, you know, with ease and just be like, I'm shredding, like, you know, and you're just happy in whatever the way your body looks because you have this inherent appreciation for your body and you are proud of what your body's been able to do. And I think that's where a lot of someone, you know, people like yourselves, a lot of bodybuilders and coaches and stuff like that, That's more the place that they've gotten to. It's not that they always look amazing and have six pack abs all year round. It's because they've gotten to a place where body positivity is a, is a good thing for them. And there's that healthy level of uh, critique on your own body where you want to change it and you have goals to change your body, but it's not overtaking you where you don't trust yourself to be able to change the situation. I don't know if all of you are like, but yeah,
1: no, it completely makes sense because it's making it a lifestyle and it's just like, you know, I am happy and I'm proud of every aspect of my body's journey. I'm happy feeling a little bit fluffier and I'm also happier being leaner, but it's not being happy at one phase. It's being happy throughout the whole journey. Yes.
0: Perfect.
2: I think, I think what you pointed out as well is that you did, kind of clarify what your goal was like you said if you put weight on you know you're bulking so that's something that you can expect like Mm -hmm. and helping you you understand that like you're gonna be putting on weight obviously you want to to favor more muscle building than fat but you know you will expect to build fat and then when you're losing or you're losing weight on your fat loss phase like what do you expect from there and then understanding the trade-offs you know, from either, either, like you probably have more energy in a building phase. And so like trying to count that as a win, you know, even though in a fat loss phase, you might be leaner and that looks great, but, you know, there's a trade-off of, you know, potentially low energy. So it's just like understanding what your goal is and then the expectations that you will experience as well in those particular phases and then embracing those. So, you know, it's not a one destination of your you know what the outcome of your body looks like is when you'll be happy it's like understanding what what are the positives of each phase that you decide to do so that you're like you were saying before is like you're constantly making wins and that's driving you to be happy and to be compliant and I think a lot of people do struggle with that like they wait they wait till they achieve a certain look to be happy um and that's definitely not going to be the case because you can still lose weight and you know if you haven't Really addressed what's going inside, or like what's actually causing that, then you can still lose 10 kilos and still not be and happy. And feel more. as, yes,
1: I, I yeah, totally agree yeah. with that. It, yeah, it's like fixing what's going on mentally, internally, and being happy with fixing that before feeling like it is a visual thing.
2: Like you, you can
1: look the best, but feel the worst still.
2: Yeah. I think, I think our bodies like, uh, you know, cop a lot from what goes inside mentally, you know, it's like the the scapegoat of not, if we're not feeling good inside, it's like, Oh, our body doesn't look good. So that's why I'm feeling sad. You don't like wake up one day and then you just hate your body. It comes from somewhere, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people as much as you want to work on your physical body, you can't really neglect your, you know, emotional, or mindset, or, um, you know, the things that are holding you back, because they will catch up on you, even in that physical journey. Like when you start training, it does help, you know, build your self-confidence, because you're doing the things you said you want to do. That's what actually helps, I think, um, helps us have self-confidence, is because we're actually taking action. Whereas if we're not, then we're going to have that self-doubt. And I think, you know, based in these lockdowns as well, why a lot of people are scared or fearful or anxious is because they haven't done what's needed for them to feel that happiness. I guess it's that it's the actions that they take daily that they haven't been doing. And that's, what's creating the fear and doubt. And it's like, it's not necessarily the weight loss that you might achieve in the eight weeks. It's actually just getting back into it because that drives compliance, that drives self belief and you know, your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, that was really, really well said. And, you know, I do want to move on to scenario two, but, you know, I think a lot of what you said there makes so much sense and it makes so much sense. And I really can't wait to, I guess, it's a big part of changing that, changing that narrative and being able to genuinely chase other goals other than a, a number on the scales. That is more to measure another form of progress and being able to look for something else so that not everything, because as we know, and you know, I've said on this podcast and I've seen both of you say it multiple times that the scale is affecting way more than just how much fat you're holding. Um, It's reflecting, you know, Every, every every decision that you're making throughout the day. So it's a tool, it's a good tool to look at averages and to keep moving and to take daily or weekly or however works well for you. But being able to move forward, I think, is changing, changing that scope and, you know, actually making goals that you can control. I'm going to do this. And like you said, um, Ayla, I think was said really well, you know, we need to say what we were, we need to do what we said we were going to do you know, and that yeah. is where a lot of that happiness comes from as far as with your self-confidence and body is because you are doing what you said that would make you happy. And then you go out and do it. And then what do you know? You feel happy. And it's a it's a process yeah. of, you know, those things genuinely are good for you, but also you said you were going to do it and you did exactly. it. And that, it straight away, you know, releases so many good feelings inside you.
2: Yeah, 100%. It's like having that self-integrity as well. And I think, you know, when we value something, especially in our, you know, fitness or health, if we value it and we're not doing the things that we value, which I think a lot of people in lockdown are struggling with. It's like, hey, before lockdown, I was really fit. I was, you know, doing training three, four times a week. I was eating well. And then it's like, oh, this is my highest value. And then now lockdown's kind of been preventing us from following through our values that's where we start to feel you know those negative mindset or that like sadness or feeling disappointed or lack of self-belief so i think yeah like you were saying that once we start to get back into it then you know it's like hold on this is like me doing what i said i was going to do and this is in line with what i value so i think they come hand in hand as well yeah yeah
0: that is perfect. I think Brie is going to be super thankful for <laughs> everything that you have put forward. She's got a lot to think about. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, <definitely. laughs>
0: awesome ladies. So I want to jump into our last scenario, which is a little bit different, um, but I think also a lot of people are in this situation. So here we have 23 year old Anna, um, Anna was actually able to maintain her weight throughout lockdown, so it didn't change too much. She didn't go up, didn't go down. She was able to go on plenty of walks throughout it. She actually found a little bit of joy in that. She did workouts two to three times a week. She had bands and dumbbells at home, no barbells, anything like that. It was very simple workouts, but it was enough to make her feel good. Um, She wants to keep feeling like they're making progress, like they're moving forward, but feels like they're putting in more effort than the progress is showing. Like she's like, I'm doing all this work. I'm working out four times a week. I'm, I'm doing the walks. I'm trying to eat healthy, but th- I just feel like there should be showing more. And I feel like there should be more results. So she eats very little, um, basically eggs, tuna and chicken. So a lot of the white meats make up a lot of the diet and, but binges on the weekends with friends, with their partner. Um, but, and that's sort of where it starts to break down for her. So like, it you know, it'll get to a Saturday and it's, it's takeout or it's alcohol or it's whatever. And that seems to be a recurring thing over the weeks where it just, she can't get out of that cycle. And Anna's feeling a little bit stuck because she's working so hard throughout the week that the weekends just come sort of crashing down. Weight is maintaining, but wants to see more. What can we do? Ayla, why don't you start us off?
2: I'm just... Smiling or listening to this because this sounds like 90% of the people that actually come to me. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I think it's a very, you know, common, especially um, in the age bracket as well. But anyway, besides that, um, I think a lot of women in this situation do struggle with that. They do a lot of the band workouts, you know, the light dumbbell workouts. And sure, that is great. Like, it's not completely dismissing that because it's like, look, you're actually doing something you've um, you know started the process of training consistently but it's like hey like we can do better now and it's like at least you've got that foundation of training consistently it's like let's you know push a little bit more and I think that's where a lot of um, women in this situation will struggle is because they're not having that actual structured program Um, they're not really if we're talking about like principles of progressive overload there's not much that you can do there with a band and some light dumbbells like sure you can change the tempos and maybe higher reps but it's like you know you do want to maximize building your strength and uh, loading the weight so it's like let's start her on a program um, because guaranteed she will see results in like in in two weeks of actually just feeling a bit of difference and like hey like I've actually got something structured right now this is what I need to do Um, But if it's like very sporadic, that's where I think um, a lot of people can uh, have a bit of a downfall and crash. It's like because I'm doing it, I'm like a bit random. um, I'm not really seeing the results there. Weekend comes. It's like, you know, like what's the point kind of thing. Um, And then what you did mention as well with the nutrition side of things, um, not much variety, I guess, in the, the protein aspect to help her. I guess build the muscle in the shape that she's probably after. I'm assuming like that, that's the kind of results that she wants to see. Um, And usually if you are crashing or, you know, overeating on the weekends or um, binging out frequently, you're probably not eating enough. Um, So it might be worth addressing, you know, what her eating habits are like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, sure. It's healthy. I think that's where people get confused. Like if I eat healthy, then that's fine like no but are you eating enough are you eating too much are you at your maintenance it's all about the quantity as well um because you can put on weight eating healthy you can lose weight putting healthy and you can maintain so i think it's just helping her understand where to start or where she's at and then where she needs to start so and then helping her have a structured program that will so the training and nutrition will go hand in hand so she's eating enough to see the results and then she's actually training the way that she needs to to see those results and I think once she sees the results then she'll less likely you know blow out on the weekends because you know she's actually getting some reward in the end and sure like people can still be socializing on the weekend doesn't necessarily have to be detrimental to their results but I think that little bit goes a long way for them to less likely I guess blow out or binge eat um on the weekends or you know things like that so I think just helping her understand those sorts of things to help her would be a good step.
0: So the, you know, a lot of what you're saying there is, you know, very much the the messages that I, I want to bring across in this podcast that, you know, we can talk, you know, and as coaches, we lo- we, we talk about this stuff, not necessarily because this is, that's the kind of thing that we enjoy, but it's the things that we have found necessary to continue to improve, you know, because let's, let's be honest, you know, I, I can, I think that I can speak for all three of us where we love talking about tempo. We love talking about technique form. We love talking about exercise and programming and reps and sets and volume and weight. And we love that side yeah. of things, you know, that, that, that's fun to us, you know, to be able to work out and actually muck around with an experiment with. Um, but to be able to get to that point where you enjoy that side of things, that mental side of how you, how you look at the gym and how you, sort of what you're tracking and what sort of things you're putting, what what sort of things you're putting into your body, those things need to be sort of accounted for. So um, I'll let you finish off this thought, Ayla. How do you approach, because, you know, you made a thing there, are they eating enough? Uh, You know, we'll never know. And she doesn't know. um, Anna doesn't know. We wouldn't know because, you know, she's not tracking how do you tackle that with your clients as far as you know calories and how do you make them all track through MyFitnessPal? Do you is some people is it important for some people and not others? What sort of what sort of advice are you giving there to the to the general?
2: Yeah, that that's a good point because sometimes tracking can be overwhelming. So you need to like screen the client. I do think if you're I don't think tracking is forever. Some people actually love to track. Um, That's their thing. However, I think if you have some sort of education around tracking your calories or understanding it for a little bit, it goes a long way in the future when you want to, I guess, intuitively eat or um, make better decisions. I think it is important from an educational point of view and helping, empowering people to do that themselves. There should be like a time like a little bit of time to just understanding that. Doesn't necessarily mean forever. Mm -hmm. However, in this case, um, I would then openly ask her, do you feel like you could potentially just track what you're eating for me for at least one to two weeks so we can have a basis of, you know, what are you eating? And um, helping her understand. A lot of people, once they start tracking, they become a bit more accountable. It's like, hold on, I didn't know that I was eating this much or not enough and, you know, it it was healthy but I didn't realise how many calories it might have had. So it just actually helps a lot of people from an educational point of view too and helping um, them be a bit accountable. So I would openly ask her, do you think that you could do that for two weeks? She says, yes, great. Then I'll have a bit more data to play around with to be like, okay, it looks like you're not really eating that much. So let's start here um, because I think as well, you need to educate the client about, you know, if we can't, if, if you want to guesstimate, it will take a bit longer. Yeah. You know, if we can track a bit more, then we have a bit more things to a bit more data to actually make better judgments for you in the future. If someone is a bit overwhelmed with tracking or doesn't want to do that, then I guess asking her you know, biofeedback questions like how's your energy, how's your sleep, how's your stress, um, you know, things like that um, and then maybe tracking her weight frequently throughout the week and like is it going up, is it going down and then uh, basing that or comparing that with those biofeedback questions and be like, okay, maybe it seems like you're not eating enough. Let's try a little bit more and see what happens yes. and then actually explaining that too. Like, okay, we can do this way, we can do the tracking way, we'll probably get the information a lot quicker. If not, then this is another way we could potentially do. It It might take a little bit lower, but this is what we can, I mean, sorry, longer, but this is what we can expect. Mm. So I think, yeah, just providing those options and again, keeping the client accountable and making them choose what they see themselves doing. Yeah. Because there's no point of like, oh, I favor tracking, but the client's like, no, like they're, completely frightened about it. It's like, hold on, that's, that's my method. I like it, but you know, what what do they feel like they can do? And then you choose that and then build from there is what, how I would go about it.
0: Perfectly, really well said. Um, Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, all of these, every decision you make there, whether it's tracking, whether it's guesstimating, whether it's using biofeedback, each one has their trade-off you know, calorie, yeah, calorie tracking has the trade off of, yeah, it's going to take a lot more time and you're going to have to be quite diligent as far as knowing what you're eating and how much of it you are eating. Um, you know, and that's yeah. a huge trade off for people. And then the guesstimation is like, yes, it's easier, but the trade off is it's going to take longer to get the relevant data that we need so that we can actually help you, you know, so which trade off are you yeah. willing, which, which trade off do you want? Um, Miranda, with someone in this situation let's uh, let's say we did find out and we were able to track or use biofeedback and find out even though they were losing they were not losing weight um, and that wasn't even necessarily their goal but they don't want to gain weight they have a bit uh, Anna has a big fear of sort of like putting on weight during that um, what conversation are you having with her as regards to with her food, how to, inc- you know, how to increase her foods into a place where it's still healthy, to, you know, to eliminate that fear of gaining weight, if that is needed. Um, how do you tackle that situation where you think personally that they are under eating from what you know?
1: Um, It's just kind of having a conversation with her about her fears of why, um, a lot of whys of around why is she fearful if she puts on weight? Um, like, why is it important to you if you put on weight it's kind of targeting the issue front on and then creating like a routine for us i'm like um for someone like me i came from a background like that i had a really bad eating disorder i was tiny and so i can kind of like understand a lot when i get girls like that because i'm like i've been there i know how it feels and it's just kind of like small baby steps out of it so it's like finding a routine that's comfortable with them Um, It's including some safe foods for them that they're, you know, they're confident to try and increase their calories. It's like guiding them through. It's almost like kind of holding their hand throughout the process as well. And just explaining to them, like, our bodies are made for survival. Like, if we don't look after our bodies, if we don't fuel them, we don't nourish them, there's no way we can survive because it's, you're not giving it, it's like, Basic needs, you're taking away a lot from fear, so you know, you've got a whole heap of issues happening there. But you know, I it's just honestly, it's monitoring them, it's guiding them, reassuring them, um, and just making little positive changes. So, small steps, you don't want to go head on and be like, All right, well, we're gonna increase your calories from this, like all the way up because I don't know. Like that that even scares is just, you a little bit, doesn't it? Like, that even scares me a little bit. Like it's just full on. So it's just like, you know, each week increasing their calories slowly, slowly, and they will start to feel like it's doing what it's supposed to do because, you know, you're adding I a think. little bit more volume. Yeah. And so you can train harder in the gym. You want to yeah. get up and do stuff in the morning. It's changing like your whole energy and your outlook around food. And it, she'll get to a point where it's like, I feel really good like okay yeah I ate a donut but foods aren't good and bad you like it's finding that relationship with yourself and the food and making all food groups as one to you and not restricting yourself yeah Ooh. absolutely but yeah.
0: and yeah you know using a lot of those tools you know tracking is a tool to stay on top of that but it's also a tool that can be abused you know, where you yes. can eat whatever you want, as long as it stays within the calories. And, you know, I think that's a way that works for, you know, it works for a lot of people and it doesn't work for also a lot of people. Um, so being able to bring that up and also, it's about I, I think especially in those early situations it is about tracking some of those metrics you know because for someone who is so scared of bringing up their weight and bringing up their food and eating more and feeling full and having probably more because with you let's face it at the end of the day if that was a majority of their diet where eggs tuna and chicken and you know greens and just you know they try, they were trying so hard to keep it all white and all clean When you bring in some of these other foods, if you bring in red meat, if you bring in more carbs like rices and potatoes and things like that, they are still extremely healthy. But for most of us, we will experience more bloating more often throughout that. You know, that will become a part of the process where your body doesn't, won't always agree with food. And it'll feel like, even though it's not true, you'll feel like you've put on three to five kilos um, instead of you know where it's just like a little bit of water weight and it's just a little bit of you know it's something that you will come back down and will be normal so i guess from from that what do i think it really depends on what foods you're sort of bringing in as well and then being able to tie it back to the metrics and being like look We actually ate a lot more this week. We added a whole other meal. You added, you know, some yogurt and a muesli bar and whatever else. And now look at the scales and look at your training. Like everything's moving in the right direction. Everything's moving the way that we want it to, which means it's good for you. You know, it's going to go up and down. We are, it is different from your baseline that you've created for yourself, but that's normal and that's healthy. And I think the more you go through that and you experiment with your body, whether it's through food or you know trying different supplements and buying js health supplements or going to um, going to the gym and trying different um, training things all of these you know there's a million they could all be right or they could all be wrong for your personal body and there's no real way to to say definitively that it works or doesn't work on you until you actually give it a try and you become very Self-aware within your body, and you're able to actually look at it and be like, you know what? When I ate more yet this week, I actually felt worse. You know, I actually didn't. It, it didn't make me feel better. I felt more lethargic. I felt this. And then being able to come back and then it's discuss something like that with your coach, and being able to be very open and have that conversation because we can talk. And as you can see, and as we're doing, we can talk about this stuff all day long, and we can give advice all day long, but when it comes to the individual, when it comes to Anna herself, we can only help with what she tells us. You know, we can look at data and metrics, but a lot of this long-term wanting to feel good and feel strong and change the body and have the, have that physique that, you know, we're really hoping for that comes with, that comes with, I guess, not being able to, it it comes with having to understand your body more and being able to, And being able to like make decisions for your body because you've been through them and you're able to you're able to now decide for yourself what's good and what's bad so for for the people at home you know they probably look at your social medias and you know because you know I've, I've even gotten in past and i you know i think you would get it plenty. where you sometimes even get clients they're like i just want to look like you Like, I just, I just, that's really all I want. You know, I don't, I'm not looking for anything crazy. I'm not looking to be a bodybuilder. I just want to look like you. How, how do you frame that conversation? You know, how, what is different from what you guys are doing to the fitness influences to the normals? How do you, how do you gauge that situation? How do you bring them down to a point where it's realistic for them and they feel confident that's what they're going for and what they're trying to achieve is achievable, but not also setting them up for not being able to do something. Their body just wouldn't be able to do.
1: Uh, Miranda. All right. So I get this a fair bit. Um, And it's, it's literally just having the conversation of like each and every one of us, each individual, our body is, they're all different. They're not, supposed to look the same and you know I've been in sport since I was really little so I've always had an athletic build so for me training and everything it just comes really easy for me whereas other people they've got a different genetic build like and it's like we always want something we can't have either like I look at girls with like nice hips thicker legs but like, I'd kill to have thick legs and then I have to bring myself back down I'm like Genetically, it's, I can't. And it's like, it's learning to love the body that you're in, what it's capable of doing and just giving them their realistic approach of you are the best version of you. And it's, you know, if you can do something that you haven't done before, that's already like a huge tick for you. So it's just like bringing them down to a realistic level and be like, you know, if you put in the hard work, your body will look the best version of you. And, yeah. And, um, yeah.
0: and I, that is the most important thing. And, you know, I think that was a lesson that, you know, going through bodybuilding and being within that community really helped me properly understand where, you know, when you look at your body and you're looking in the mirror and you're posing and you're doing anything like that. Of course, there's always going to be that little thing in the back of your mind where it's like, I'm I'm looking for, I want to look like a certain person and that's like my dream body and it's so okay to have that. But when you're actually looking at you and you're looking in the mirror and you're holding, you're looking at your fat and you're touching it and you're pushing it out and you're doing all of those things, you should be looking at what is, what is can you do for your body? You know, like what, yes. what changes can I make that's going to change my yeah. body? Visualizing your best body, not imagining your head on another person's physique.
2: Yeah. You should be looking yeah. at what is your body
0: truly capable of. And that's a hard thing to do, especially if you've never actually seen the capabilities of what your body is. And Ayla, no. why I wanted to come to you second is because uh, you're actually on the journey to competing. And I want to... <laughs> I want to know a little bit about that. I want to know how you're feeling. I want to know um, some advice that you'd be able to give for anyone else that's even looked at it and thought about it.
2: Yeah. um, I think coming down to that question, um, people wanting to look a certain way, um, it, it can be tackled in a fair few ways, I think. Like, yes, acknowledging you're only going to grow, to your genetic potential. This is if you're not taking anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So so I think that's a a huge thing to address first and foremost, is like you will only grow to your genetic potential. Embrace it. Yes, you can uh, program to target, you know, potentially your shoulders more, add more volume there, or your glutes or your quads or whatever that may be. But it's like embracing what you will achieve, Genetically, first and foremost. Secondly, I think um, whether it's bodybuilding or just, you know, um, general population or just someone going to the gym and they say, I want to look this way. It's like, okay, that's great. They use someone's body as body goals, but it's like, what is their lifestyle? Would you exchange yes. that lifestyle for that trade-off? Like, yeah. It's being realistic because people that are bodybuilders, that's extreme. That's like day in, day out. You're, you're really trying to optimise those things. It's a lifestyle. 100% you're going to get that, yeah. that result and that it requires a high level of discipline and loneliness as well. Like no one's doing it for you. You're doing it for yourself. Um, and you're the one putting in the effort and it will, I think, come down to a lot of compromising as well that you're going to be missing out on. It's like, and people don't understand that because especially on social media, it's like being fit is like the the bodybuilding world. I have to look like that. And that's what the idea of what their, I guess, body goals are. And it's like, but look at their lifestyle.
1: Yes. Yes. Would you exchange
2: that? What is your Absolutely. values right now? What is important to you? Do you value your family going out on the weekends, having time with your friends? Um, you know whatever that may be, and it's like back, like reverse engineering from that. It's like, okay, how can we fit the what you envision as fit and healthy or your body goals into your lifestyle? And it's not, yeah, I think that's where I think a lot of people get confused and overwhelmed. It's like, I'm doing all this, but I don't look like her. And most of the time, nine times out of ten, um, on social media, it's edited, it's photoshopped um it's the posing um you know and that can be i guess disappointing especially for i'm sure men experience this too but just from the clients that i've had um that they're like i wish i had glutes like her but a a lot of it as well is like sometimes it's just fat um fat like where your fat disposes genetically that's where it just like looks rounder and it's like not necessarily (laughs) Yeah, so it's just, I think it comes down to education and helping them understand, yes, this is, you can only achieve your genetic potential. What do you value? What is important to you? And working around a schedule that fits around, fits around that essentially. And yeah, and especially when it comes to the bodybuilding, I do realise, like, as I was getting closer to it, I reckon about, I think the WBFF got canceled maybe eight weeks out or so. I was like prepping and it was getting a little bit challenging because I'm like, Oh, I was comparing to other women. Like, Oh, my legs aren't that big. My glutes aren't that big. And it it is hard. I'm not going to lie and just (laughs) say it wasn't, but you know, it's like you can only do the best that you, you can do. I think that's important. Um, And you know going through the prep in itself is challenging like it's not for everyone but you did it like you're doing it and that's what's important to you and and that's that's how I kept kind of reassuring myself and it's like you know what if let's just say I get on stage and you know I don't win the pro card it's like okay what can I learn from that and how can I do better next year with my coach to improve that and I think a lot of people do get overwhelmed that they have to like winning is important of course but it's like it's if you don't win it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a failure where you have to stop like what can you learn from that a lot of people it's, give up as soon as things don't yeah. go their way absolutely you know so I yeah. think
1: there's so many it's lessons valuing we
2: learned yeah yeah
1: it's valuing the process within it as well because it's like you know you're not gonna like build all this like nice muscle in your first prep so it's like okay I'm gonna trust the process I feel like a decent like physique this prep i have seen yeah. that I'm gonna like really strive to do the best I can and then it just coming back into your second prep and it's like right first prep I look like that now look at me now so it's just like really just comparing yourself to the process
2: rather than other people 100% I love that I think and
0: that's yeah go on go on
2: Oh, I was just going to say, um, I think as well, what I've learned, I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing, but with the federation that I'm doing it, there's no, it's not like, you know, um, everyone has to look the same. There's a category, but they embrace who's like best on the day. So I think that's yes. kind of reassuring for me because yeah. like, if you look at the pro card winners, like let's just say cause They're I was different. category. Yeah. Some had big shoulders, yep. some were a bit little. Some had yep. bigger boots or quads and then some were, you know, smaller. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I can and show up best on the day, like deliver my best package and yes. yeah, see what happens there. So that's, that was kind of reassuring as well. Cause it wasn't like a very strict bodybuilding. It's all. Like a, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: That's awesome. And I'm super excited for you, um, Ayla. And I think when, when is the, when is the postponed date?
2: So I will be doing again next October. I figured, um, you know, me, coach, um, Tim, we started prep around this time when gyms actually started to open and we're like, okay, now we're going to set the one year-ish plan um, for comp. And then me and uh, him and I really achieved a lot in one year. And I'm like, so I wasn't too disappointed when it got cancelled. I'm like, imagine another year.
1: for yes. Another <laughs> yeah. <episode of> show. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, That's
2: awesome.
0: Yeah. It, so I'm just
2: excited. Yeah.
0: Such an amazing mindset to have. Um, you know, it can really go either way in those situations. And it's good to hear that you're, you're excited to see what you are capable of in that time. Because once you have that timeline and i think that's something that has helped with me in the past is you know sometimes i genuinely need like a a, a competition or you know like a a comp or a challenge or something and a date and a a structure ahead of me and you know to achieve my my biggest potential and to actually get the most out of it so you know i think that is i think that is super important and a Mm. great great um lesson to sort of be left off on so I want to finish this up and I finish this by going by asking pretty much the same question to my guests. And this one's going to be directed at Ayla because I have asked this to Miranda already. Um, But for everyone out there that is listening and is just determined to be the strongest version of themselves, what's your one piece of advice?
2: Like there's so much I could, <laughs> I could say, but I think what it all can kind of come down to is you need to become the person that you want to be. It's not about you can't be the same and achieve a different result, right? You need to be able to let go of who you are so in order to become who you want to be. And I think that's where a lot of people will get long lasting results Um, whether it's strength um, transformation in their mindset or bodies or whatever it may be, it's actually becoming the person who they envision and, you know, having that belief and being able to let go of the person and the identity that they are currently, because you can't, or else it's conflicting, right? You can't be, you can't achieve X results if you're still the same person and it's okay to let go and it's okay to improve and change. You don't have to be, the way that you are because you because it's been this way for twenty years, and you if feel that makes sense awful. so I think yeah, I think a lot of people think you know that, that they can't change I think everyone has the potential to change if they really want to and it's okay yeah. embrace it there's so much to develop and um, you know there's so much you can be doing to constantly improve it doesn't have to you don't have to be stagnant and um, be the same way. But if you want to, that's fine. But I'm, I genuinely love talking to the people who get this message. They know what that, I'm talking about and they understand that in order to yeah, itch- achieve that result, they need to become that person and be someone that you identify as this person and start to value those things like health and fitness and whatever that may be so that you, your identity is not clashing. You are doing the things that you actually value because if you didn't, then you wouldn't do them, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that would be my biggest piece of advice. So oh, beautiful.
0: Well I'm so happy <laughs> I got you on here. You spoke so well. I think <laughs> yes. I think you helped Bree and Anna extremely <laughs> a lot. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be really thankful for that. And yeah, Thank I appreciate you. You so <laughs> much for coming on board, ayla Um and we didn't even get through everything that I wanted to today, so this will not be the last one. I hope, and I will definitely love to have you back on.
2: I definitely love to um, be on here again. It was great. Thank you so much. No, I worries. really appreciate you reaching out to me.
0: No, anytime. On and honestly, like keep up the keep up the content that you've been doing. I I genuinely believe it's helping the people out there that that want it. So keep it up. Super happy to Thank have you, you so on board. Much. I appreciate it. Uh, Ayla, I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much.
2: No way. Thank you. Thank Should I hang up?
0: <laughs> awesome. So I just wanted to finish this off um, with Miranda because we do also, in light of all the podcasting and everything else, we have some exciting news for ourselves as well. Um, why don't I let you take it away, Miranda?
1: All right, so like it's been like extremely pleasant to work with you, Cole. For one, um, obviously like lockdowns have been quite um harsh, and I stepped away from the fitness world for a little bit, and then I came back, and I just you know I don't know why I left for because I just I'm truly and deeply passionate about it, and it's so good to work with someone that has the same kind of level of like ideas and like an idea around the whole fitness world like yourself so it's been really nice to kind of work with you you. um so we've been quite busy and we've developed a six-week challenge um for all everyone coming out of lockdown just to give um a little bit of like a like a head start for everyone to kind of get the ball rolling again and you know educate on like how it is important to love our bodies and you know every aspect of it and yes we did put on a few like kilos over lockdown Mm -hmm. but that's fine and it's just like being the best version of you and it's it's just getting everyone back into that headspace of like loving their bodies again and getting them working um because you know we've all been stuck in a house for like How many hundreds of days now? So
0: (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah and look I'm so excited for this challenge you know this isn't this isn't my first one and it's so cool to have someone else on board to not just share that load but to bring something more to it that you know as an individual coach you know it's very hard to bring for anyone you know so being able to do this in a way where there's just so much more involved you know there's more accountability we have a new app we've got pretty much all the systems that we have been working on during this lockdown and been thinking about yes. and conversing and, you know, just talking the talk. Um, we're finally able to bring it out there, show it to the people and hopefully take these next six weeks to change how everybody's feeling. So please, um, if this has helped at all, if this podcast has helped um, have a look at it, it's in both of our Instagram bios, um, which I can put up later. The questionnaire is here And I would really love for you to have a bit of a look, think about it um, and see if you want to work with us. And if that's something that would work well for you, because we would love to work with you. And especially going through some of the scenarios we did today, I think that will be super important for people. So I am super, super excited for that. Super excited. You, <laughs> <Awesome.
1: laughs>
0: you too. Beautiful. All right, Miranda, we will leave it there. Thank you again so much for jumping on board. This definitely won't be the last one and we will be definitely for having me. And what's going on soon. Thank you. No worries. All right. I'll speak to right. you later, Miranda. You have an awesome day. You too. <laughs> See you later.
1: Bye.